Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. My name <laughs> is still Mark Aliphant. I'm here still. with, with uh, someone I believe is still identifying herself as Kate Bischoff. It has been that yes. long. Uh, Kate, how the hell are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty darn well in the grand scheme of the world, right? We still have to keep the grand scheme of the world in context. For how well we're doing um but how are you i'm hanging in we took a nice i think deserved summer break from the podcast to kind of re-engage and re-energize i think we had real mm -hmm. uh strong intentions to kind of maybe think about uh reformatting or uh you know a new way to present the podcast and i think we had really strong ambitions and uh i'm here to tell everybody that we are just <laughs> the same and yep. we are presenting to you today with the same level of preparation and yep. rehearsing and professionalism that we usually bring to the podcast that you all absolutely. love and know. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. But we, there's one other thing that we should mention that happened in our oh, break. Yeah. I was, well, we actually yes. met. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to say I, my next tease there, uh, because we, you know, obviously we planned this intro out, uh, was to say, uh, Kate, what was the highlight of your summer? And there's only one correct answer <laughs> to that question. Well, that would be meeting you in person, Mr. Right. <laughs> right. The clear highlight of the summer, my trip to Minnesota, there, there may have been a Timbers game involved, but that was not mm -hmm. the most important part <laughs> of that trip. Uh, Kate and I got to spend a whole day together. We'd never met in person before. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a really fun day. Uh, Kate showed me <laughs> all around Minneapolis, a uh, whole, mm -hmm. whole lot of stuff. I'd been there once or twice before, but had not ever really had like a, like a visitor tourist kind of experience. It was, yeah, we had Juicy Lucy. Uh, we went to, we drove around a lot of lakes. We saw some art. We walked along the river. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a full, uh, and happy day. And I left feeling really energized. And, you know, we had talked about, you know, Hey, we're going to be in the same place. Should we, should we do something pod related? And in the end, I think it was just, we just want to be friends nope. today and just hang out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I think it was uh, a perfect trip. So next yeah. time. We're going to get you out here, and I'm going to show yeah. you all around Portland uh, and uh, all the awesome stuff here. And uh, maybe that time we'll do an episode, and probably we won't. <laughs> right. Is the coffee shop where the table spin still there? Do you know what I'm talking about? There, I, I went to Lewis and Clark um, between junior and senior year of high school for like a couple week thing and the coffee shop the tables moved like it was like a haunted coffee shop it was it was very fun um <laughs> but that was like the highlight of being in portland at the time because you know I i'm don't, 17 i so. think I, I know what you're talking about and i don't know that it's still here well i'm hoping one of our listeners will let me know if it is so okay okay good yeah that is that is not in in the realm of my knowledge at the moment so um <laughs> Okay, let's get down to business to here. Business. We have, yeah. I think, four stories to bring to you today. Uh, one is uh, it's it's aging a little bit at this point. We had planned to do a full episode on this back in June, and then uh, life and summer took over. <laughs> so we're going to do a modified, a more minimal um, presentation of this story, and Kate is going to tell us all about it. Yes. So I'm going to talk about the teacher in Mississippi who um, is treated very poorly for her LGBTQ plus status, but how it comes up in the form of a parent complaint or parents complaining um, really is what freaks me out a little bit and makes me very scared for our friends 
um, across the country. Because as we've been seeing in the last six months to several years, how the LGBTQ plus community has really been the target um, and um, vilified by certain parts of the country and certain communities as that they are quote unquote grooming children um, and that they are evil and bad and then couching that evil and badness in a, this is my religious right to believe this this way. So this comes from a school called the Pearl River Central High School in South Mississippi. Um, the name of the town has a probably a French pronunciation, and so I'm just not going to try it because me and the French don't get along very well, um, whether it's the people or the language. But Catherine Bass was an art teacher in the school, and she is very progressive politically, but she also identifies as pansexual, which means she doesn't really it doesn't matter what the gender, quote unquote, of the person is. She loves the person. And so it may be male, it may be female. And so that's her sexual identity. Now, she is, well, she should, I should say, she has um, had a Black Lives Matter poster in her classroom. She had a pride flag in her classroom. And some of the students had gotten to doing bad things with them. One had crossed off black and wrote all over the Black Lives Matter. Another student, possibly the same student, had stolen the pride flag. Um, and this became a, you know, she's so bad, we're doing these things to her. And she was going to introduce a, an artist for one of her classrooms days called Sonia Lazlo. And Sonia Lazlo is a queer non-binary artist from El Salvador. And she picks a variety of different artists for what she calls her bell ringer activity. And these artists are great artists. And they're people that she's trying to show exist in our world, that they do great things. And it was kind of a inclusive kind of activity where you're learning about all these different artists. It's not just the traditional, here is Monet, here is Renoir, here is Van Gogh. You know, it's not the traditional like artists that students might know about, but other ones that, that they can get to. And one of her students asked um, when during an activity about what community are you part of, they were asked to draw that community that they're part of. And one student asked, what is LGBTQ? And the teacher, Ms. Bass, responds, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and the Q could also mean questioning. And she explained that it was a term for gender and sexual minorities, the word queer. And the student kept asking, what communities are you a part of? And she explained that she was a part of the gardening community, the cooking community, and the LGBTQ plus community. And the student said, well, aren't you bi? And she's like, no, I consider myself more pan than bi. And she went on to explain it. And this is where the school has a problem, that they allege, that this, the principal alleges, Kimberly Elford, that she is talking about sex when she's talking about her student. Mark, is she talking about sex? I mean, I can see what they're saying but no not in that sense no. no she's not pushing sex she's not she's not talking about her sex life she's not i mean yes it relates to sex of course it does but not in the way that i think they mean it no not it's not an inappropriate relationship we're talking about the actual sex act right which no of like of course would be inappropriate right right of right? course right but like like if i'm if i'm married to a woman and i am a man Nobody's going to have a problem with me identifying my wife as my wife, right? right? And so, so simply being able to identify that different sexuality exists in the world is not the same as talking about sex itself. Yes, and that is exactly Ms. Bass, you know, perspective is that I wasn't talking about sex. I was just talking that different gender gender identities and sexual orientations exist. It's not actually talking about it. And, so she and goes in response to a student question, in response to a question that was asked in the yep. context of a broader conversation. Exactly. And 
while I don't necessarily think that a teacher talking about a sex act is appropriate, and it certainly could be. I mean, I had my mother for anatomy and physiology class. So, you know, she talked about sex acts with me and 35 of my closest friends. Real weird. Okay. But when when a student asks you a question about what does bi mean or what does pan mean or what does queer mean, I'm hoping a teacher is going to respond to that and not say, oh, my administrator says I can't answer that question. Right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it strikes me as as basic information knowledge. Sex ed has been something that's taught in schools as long as I've been around. And like whether whether you personally or morally agree with different kinds of sexuality that people have, that doesn't mean that those sexualities don't exist. Yeah, it's not see no evil, hear no evil, you know, right. that kind of that's that's I think exist, what they want. Right. That's what they want. Yeah. They want to shut right. down and that's what the, the fact that those ideas or concepts even exist. Right. And that's what Don't Say Gay is in yep. Florida, right? It's like you yep. cannot talk about sexual orientation in schools because it's talking about sex. But it's not. Um, and if I'm a gay teacher and I say, here is my wife with a picture on my desk, I want that to be okay. It's not talking about sex. It's talking about who I love. And I think... That should be the focus. Of, you know, are we talking about who people can love? And I think that's fine. Don't don't we all need just a little bit more of that? Um, so I, it, this is really frustrating to me. So this gets a bunch of different media attention because she ultimately gets disciplined for this, and and she pushes back and has these long conversations with her. Um, principle about what's going to happen and it gets really frustrating right yeah no i i I was i yeah i mean it's really frustrating i mean it's you know it's funny because we we didn't prep this specifically i haven't read the article for four or five months since we were going to do it the first time (laughs) uh and so so yeah like there's there's it's really frustrating and and you know i i guess we should call out that that the information we're getting is from a mississippi free press article that is yes, very, very Pittman. long, very, yeah, very long, it. very well researched, very detailed. And we are only scratching the surface. And that's why I pause because I'm like, well, yeah. how far down are we going to go here? Uh, <laughs> and because I yeah. knew we were going to do a little more of a high level and focus on only on, on certain issues. There are there are more issues there. It is very detailed. And we highly recommend if you're interested in this case to go read the article, which is one of the more detailed and well-reported articles I've seen in the last year. I mean, it it was really interesting. Ashton Pittman is a very brave journalist to be working where he's working um, because he taught, he researches LGBTQ plus issues and and race issues a lot in the state of Mississippi. Um, And I think his perspective and his work is really important, especially in a state like Mississippi that has some historical race issues um, going on even today with not having water in Jackson, Mississippi. So, um, but there, you know, students come up and they have a, a group and they start being targeted and there's bullying. And ultimately um, Ms. Bass decides that she's going to quit um, teaching. Um, she could, she says that she could just tell that a lot of kids didn't respect her anymore. And that was hard. And that, you know, she's an adult with the coping skills, but she can't imagine what it would feel like for the kids who've watched this happen to her, who may think themselves are members of the LGBTQ plus community. And that's just the super heartbreaking part of this is that she was hoping to show a safe space for these kids. And here is this, this bigotry and this hatred being pushed by not only administration, but also other students and the parents within the community. So just horrible. Makes me mad. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think um, it makes me mad too. I, uh, the, 
it came out a little flippant and I didn't mean it that way, but like, you know, it's also like, you know, it's funny. We, I, you know, I think we were both outraged a bit when we read this article and we've had mm-hmm. three or four months and a whole lot of world news to absorb, uh, since we first found it. So the edge maybe is off a little bit, uh, but go read the story, get pissed off yourself, uh, and yeah. in rereading it and, or, or reading it for the first time. And, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it does show what a different world, frankly, from where my kids go to school mm-hmm. uh, and where your kids go to school. Yep. And, uh, you know, we have a beautiful new school here, a high school in Portland that my kids will go to next year. It's the first year it's just open. They 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 rebuilt an entire high school. Wow. And we, we took a tour yesterday and just seeing the support for all different kinds of people and all different kinds of sexuality in an open house to the public yesterday, plastered along the walls of this gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous new school building that I am so excited. I, I, you know, I was like, (laughs) it take, it would take a lot for me to say, I kind of want to go back to high school, but seeing the building and the (laughs) equipment and the theater and, and the athletic facilities and stuff in this new six story tall high school. Whoa. I was like, wow, I want to go back to high school, but I I wouldn't want to go Definitely to the high school in Mississippi yeah. for sure. And just seeing the difference in the world that we live in here in Portland and the world that you live in in, in Minneapolis, I it was an eye-opening story for me. Um and uh, you know, uh there are some issues that that you know, I think on these particular issues, we are we are doing better in certain areas than in others uh, in the country. And uh, this just exposed that that for me, like the, the 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 district in Mississippi, just trying to cover up that people even exist. Yeah. As opposed Awful. to Awful. what I saw yesterday where we're celebrating those differences. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's awful. Yeah. Uh, that's the only word yeah. I have for it. Exactly. OK, so what do you got for me? Okay, I've got. Um, I wrote out some notes here for when I'm reading this to you, and and I said, Kate, I'd like for you to do some issue spotting in this <laughs> extremely nuanced and subtle case that I'm about to read you. Feel uh, sarcasm already? Yeah, maybe a little. Uh, I want to thank uh, listener Tracy Spears for sending this story. Uh, this is adapted. I've adapted this from an article on the Dallas ABC News. Website. Uh, Okay. In 2016, Charter Spectrum Communications bought Time Warner Cable. Yes. Two organizations that have astounding reputations. Yes. At that time, Charter apparently eliminated Time Warner Cable's employee screening process. Oh. Oh. at the same time, they were they were engaging in hiring, um, like any company would be, any large company. And one of their candidates uh, was a gentleman by the name of Roy Holden Jr. And Mr. Holden had previously worked for a number of companies and had some troubles remaining employed. In fact, he'd previously been fired from other jobs for forgery, falsifying documents, and harassing his fellow employees. Notwithstanding, Ooh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so a um, pristine employment record. Uh-huh. Notwithstanding this history, which Charter may have learned more about had they done a proper screening and not eliminated Time Warner's screening <laughs> process. Charter hires Holden to be a field technician. So going into people's homes, right? So Mm -hmm. he's one of these guys that goes out to your house to install cable, fix your phone line, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. In 2019, it's a little unclear from the reporting here exactly when Holden was hired. So whether this was six months or a year or two years, uh, it's, I don't know exactly how long he'd been there, but in 2019, uh, Holden hits some hard times and at least to his credit, he reached out to Spectrum multiple times uh, for help, citing that he had significant personal and financial issues. He was really struggling. Uh, 
Apparently, it related to a divorce proceeding that left him with no money and no home. So he had no place to stay. Okay. His supervisor. Can he just borrow one of his customers' homes? Kate. I'm kidding. Kidding? Yeah, but kidding, not so kidding. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. His supervisors did not respond in any sort of way that was helpful for him. And I don't necessarily blame them for that, just to be clear. No. Uh, They did not give him additional money. Um, So he did what any self-respecting cable technician would do. He began scamming elderly female Spectrum customers by stealing their credit cards and checks. Oh, any reasonable credit card any or guy would do that. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I said, we have, we have nuanced issues <laughs> to identify in this case. Very okay. subtle. So he also took a Spectrum van, like one of the vans that, you know, the cable cable people mm-hmm. drive around mm-hmm. in, right? Uh, and, and started living in it. And mm-hmm. apparently, nobody, apparently nobody noticed that this van had the been taken. Life. Uh, and or if they did notice, uh, nobody nobody stopped him from doing this. And this went on mm-hmm. for weeks, months. A little unclear on the exact timing. In December 2019, Holden made a field call to 83 year old Betty Thomas to help her with her phone line. That visit apparently went so well that he went back to her house the next day using his purloined Spectrum van and stabbed her with a utility knife multiple (gasps) times. Oh, Betty. Okay. Authorities discovered her body the next day and found found her dead with multiple stab wounds. Duh. In the meantime, Uh Holden had taken her credit cards and had gone on a spending spree. Live it up, dude. Live it up. Spectrum, in response to this, uh, responded very well uh, and (laughs) sent Thomas, who's now no longer amongst the living, sent Thomas a bill that included a $58 (laughs) charge for the service call. Okay. Now, I am not in the business of supporting or showing any sort of affinity towards cable companies. I cut the cord <laughs> a long time ago. Okay. However, the bill was probably automated. There probably wasn't a single person that actually checked the box other than Holden Jr. that he went back the next day. He probably checked a box on the iPad and it just automatically generated the bill. I bet not even a single person saw that bill before it hit the mailbox. Okay, that's fair. So what about the fact then that after Thomas's family called and were like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? They still sent more bills. <laughs> okay. Well, the bills there, continued for, for weeks following <sighs> the murder. Authorities arrested Holden, charged him with murder, amongst other things. Uh, I actually don't have the reporting on what happened with that. I assume he was convicted. I actually don't know that. But we're here to talk about Spectrum. (laughs) Thomas's estate files a civil suit against Spectrum. Mm -hmm. Spectrum, it seems, did not do a great job of working through this process. Thomas's family attorney, an attorney named Hamilton Wingo, which may be the (laughs) best attorney name I've ever heard. Oh, come on. Jim Trusty is also pretty Jim, good. I mean, there's yes, good. It's, it's a top five. It's a mm-hmm. top five. Yes. It's a top five. Yep. So Hamilton Wingo noted that <laughs> in this litigation, Spectrum ignored requests by police and prosecutors to preserve evidence. One Spectrum okay. security executive testified under oath that the company was, quote, not necessarily obligated to tell the truth uh or cooperate with police. Uh, what? In fact, Spectrum attorneys tried to force an arbitration in the civil suit by providing a signed arbitration agreement. Now, we know oh, arbitration no. agreements, arbitration agreements are heavily favored by courts, and this agreement would have rendered the process confidential 
and limited damages against Spectrum to the amount of Thomas's final bill. There's only one problem, though. Thomas's attorneys were able to show that the arbitration agreement used by Spectrum's attorneys was a forged document. (gasps) And that Thomas had never signed it, never agreed to it. So they forged, Spectrum forged an arbitration agreement to try to force this into arbitration. And they were found out. Naughty Spectrum! Naughty, naughty Spectrum! I take back all of my support I gave you. So... Civil trial. This is what this is what the article is actually reporting on. There was a jury verdict. The jury found that Charter engaged in forgery, mm-hmm. obviously related to the arbitration yeah. agreement, uh, and acted negligently in hiring Holden. Mm-hmm. Evidence that came out during that trial also revealed that there had been more than twenty five hundred thefts by Spectrum employees against customers in the past <gasps> several years which the company refused to investigate or report to the authorities. (gasps) The jury awarded $7 billion in punitive damages against Charter. Okay. So the $7 billion is never going to stand. Of course not. Of course not. But it does send a message. It does send a message. It does send a message. Right now, we we know that jury verdicts like this will be reduced by courts and subsequent litigation. Uh, Yes. It will still be a hefty, hefty, hefty fine number against Charter. Well, okay. Do do you get did you get the compensatory number? Because what's the value of the life of an eighty three year old woman? I it, the the article did not uh, get into that. I think they were more focused on the punitives. Yeah. Well, of course, the punitive yeah. makes for a great that, headline, and that's what the headline debate, was. But, it did not say what the compensatory yeah. was, uh, and I'm guessing it was. At least in comparison, it was modest. Well, even if, even if it was three hundred million dollars, that is that you know any insurance company would say that's still way too much money for what happened here. But it's still like, oh my god, so much bad behavior. And you know, I'm not a huge fan of background checks in the first instance. But when you're putting people into people's homes. I'm going to be a hundred percent on the, yes, let's go do a background check for that. Right. Like uh, oh, so I agree. that's one of the, one of the few exceptions where I'm going to be all in on that. Yeah. There's, so. I, I think there's a number of exceptions and I think there's a lot of jobs where, where companies are doing background checks and they really don't need to. Uh, yeah. There are industries. If you're, if you're teaching kids, if you're right, if you're, I yeah. mean, there's lots of different, you know, if, uh, if you're working in an elder, in elder care, right. I mean, there are places where you are going to be as an employee responsible for vulnerable, the care of, yep. or education of vulnerable individuals and 1000% background checks need to be run in those circumstances. Or if you're yep. going to be going into people's houses as part of your job, I think that that's completely mm-hmm. appropriate. There was also yep. a big miss here in terms of the just due diligence on the employment history. Now the article, I want to be fair here to spectrum. Uh, I regardless spectrum is a bad, bad, bad actor here. I just like, so, <laughs> yes. so in, in making this comment, I want to, I want to be clear about this. It's unclear how much information spectrum would have gotten from these prior employers. It's yes. unclear whether, uh, whether he had disclosed accurately what his prior jobs were, whether they could have mm-hmm. reached out to those jobs, and whether those mm-hmm. jobs, whether those prior employers would have provided information about his employment, because so many employers have, uh, for, yeah. for 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 some good reason, uh, decided that you know we'll only confirm your dates of employment and the positions that you held, we aren't going to give you any, you know, we're not going to give subsequent employers more information than that. Uh, and that's right. in large part to protect against potential defamation claims. Uh, and mo- many employers have moved in that direction uh, for better or for worse. And so I don't mm-hmm. know how much of that information, the article implies strongly that, that, that spectrum could have gotten at least some of that information in terms of making yes. a more, reasoned uh decision around the hiring and the jury clearly uh thought that they were negligent in that as they found on the negligent hiring piece of this 
Well, even in negligent supervision here, the signs that he's losing his house, he's got big financial problems. Like well, there's and he stole some, a van like, and was living in it. Right. Like there's how do you not like, know there's that? Some, yeah, how do you not know that? And like how how do you be a quote unquote good manager and not see the signs that this guy is at risk to do a lot of things that could really harm us, him, and our customers. Yeah. So I, there were signs in the negligent supervision part too. I don't know if those were the claims it brought, but there were plenty of signs here that things were not going well. So agreed. Yeah. And so, so you know, the lessons here I think are fairly obvious. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, if you get complaints that your employees are committing uh, theft against your customers, probably you should maybe do something about that. Do something about that. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you have the opportunity Agreed. to learn more about your employee who will be engaging uh, directly and on their own with members of the public or vulnerable populations, maybe you should run a background mm -hmm. check or see what kind of prior employment history you can get. Yeah, exactly. Um, did, I, and I know we didn't talk about this one, but somebody tagged me like 20 times this week where a teacher, a woman who was trying to be a teacher for a school, went and did her drug test, and the school also ran a pregnancy test with the drug test. Yes. Did you hear about this? I, I just saw that somebody had tweeted about it. I don't think I dug in to see what the actual story said. Yeah, I don't know much about the actual story either, but the fact but, that they ran a pregnancy test, like, it's just like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, there's no, there's no good purpose for that. Sure, John Hyman read the EEOC guidance, and it says that you get to ask that That's question. Right. But what are you going to do with the information? Like you're just setting yourself up right. for well, big yeah, problems. This is this is the same thing. This is the same thing that that we often tell employers around. You know, learning about applicants' protected classes. Now, yep. some of these race, for example, if you have an in-person interview, it is what it is. Right. Like, like you, I mean, you may not even mm -hmm. be able to identify the race, but at least you can see what someone looks like. Right. And you can see mm -hmm. perhaps what their gender identification is or whatever that happens to be. Mm -hmm. But I advise clients not to go deep on social media about other potential, right? because it, it gives you other potential protected classes that if you decide not to hire that person or you decide to hire and then subsequently fire that person, they could try to say, well, you knew this about me. You learned this about me and you mm -hmm. fired me because of that. Uh, and so what I do say is that if you are going to do that, uh, and I don't advise that you do it, that you have a very clear and delineated buffer uh, between the person doing that searching and the person making decisions so that that information can be filtered. So if it's, yeah. you know, this person was engaging in criminal behavior on their social media, uh, that could filter through without it being, you know, they, they have, they disclosed all of mm -hmm. these various disabilities and other protected classes or they're pregnant. For well, I, well, and see, and I advocate for employers to do it. But that HR does it, not the hiring manager, and that HR has a specific list of things that would disqualify someone, racism being one of them. Um, and, you know, it, and the HR person just gives red light, green light to the hiring manager. Yeah, they passed that um, it, it, without any of the context necessarily right. to it. Um, so, but I think if you, if somebody tweets some racism uh, and you didn't check it, you should have known that. Because it was right there, right? Yeah. So like, that that yeah. would be yeah. I mean, you can you can take. I think there's different. Yeah, I, I think you can take either approach in terms of how deep to go on social uh, with your hires. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is something that is valuable to be able to look at and find out. But you just need to make sure that other things that come about that you become aware of by doing that uh, are are cut off from being the reason why right. and that you've established kind of a trail of information and who knew what and who made the call and that you want the person yep. who made the call to not know about the protected things that person might have done. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So on protected classes and racism, let's transition to the state of North Carolina. And particularly the town of Kenley. I think I'm saying that right. It's Ken L-Y. Kenley, North Carolina. 
And the entire police department of Kenley, North Carolina, announced their resignation, citing, quote unquote, toxic and hostile work environment. Um, and that was their reason for resigning. Do you know what sparked that resignation, Mark? I don't offhand. We, I don't think I've seen the story and I don't know. The new town manager is black. That wasn't on my, that wasn't high on my <laughs> list of potential reasons. Okay. Honestly. So, yeah. Justine Jones, who's worked in the local governments in Minnesota, Virginia, South and North Carolina, was selected after a nationwide search for the town of Kenley, North Carolina. She had 16 years experience um, at, and was unanimously chosen to be the town administrator. Now, Kenley is a very mixed town, about 36% Black, 20% Hispanic, and 30% non-Hispanic white community, okay? So very diverse town in general, okay? But the entire police department was white. There are five of them, okay? And they all resigned after she had started working there and started doing some pretty legitimate discipline. So um, the police chief went on Fox Channel, Laura Ingram, and complained that she had disciplined him for going to talk to businesses, disciplined him for going to talk to elected officials and such. We don't actually have the discipline and we don't actually have the context around what that discipline was. But I am not going to believe a person who goes on Laura Ingram to complain about the discipline he received um, and think that that is legit. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have some you're telling real on yourself, serious. Yeah, you're telling on yourself yeah. by making that choice of outlet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he goes on, on these channels and tells about it. And then. Yahoo News and CNN go in and do a little investigative reporting within the town. And what they find is one woman says, I, we've never had race issues here. <coughs> I call BS there. Um, but <laughs> it is, well, come on. I mean, it can't really be that there's never been a race issue when everyone else in they North speak Carolina. To, in, yeah, in North Carolina, hmm. says that the police have historically harassed black residents. They have historically arrested more black residents than white residents. Um, and like a lot of s suggestions that race has been an issue in the town and possibly that hiring Justine was a Justine Jones was a good decision for the town because it helps her perspective would help in management of a town that's struggling on potentially sure. on these issues. Um, the one, one individual in the town said, of course this is a race-based issues, but maybe this, she should have resigned instead. I'm like, Oh, you're telling on yourself there too, kiddo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mostly it was all race. Yes. Race, 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 race. So it's interesting. Um, Ms. Jones has had litigation in the past um, that she was treated poorly because of her race. Um, and that had been ongoing from the, her experience in the state of Virginia. But there was no other indication other than she had started disciplining people for what was probably, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, legitimate pieces. Um, but yes. Can you imagine an entire police department resigned? Now, what's really tragic about this is if race has been an issue, those folks are going to find jobs somewhere else and probably still within law enforcement. And that's what's particularly heartbreaking about this story. Do you know, just out of curiosity, how, how large a police force are we talking here? Are we talking about dozens of people or are we just talking about a few? No, I, I don't know how big Kenley is. Uh, I think it was five people total. Okay. The police chief, which and, which shouldn't diminish four it. Officers. You know, it would it would be no, bigger no, no. if it was you know thirty or forty people, but even even so, like the entire so, police force resigning yes. over it is 
obviously problematic. Right. There, okay. The police department should have eight full-time officers, but in operating with only five in the last few months, there were also three part-time officers. So eight people in total resigned. So. Okay. Not great. Not it's great. Not great. Not great, folks. Okay. You want to hear about something okay. that is great? Yes. Great in the, our podcast, great. Or great and just like really happy balloon celebration kinds of great. I'm going to say yes to both. <laughs> not okay, for the reason, not for the reason for why it ends up being on the podcast, but okay. for the way in which it comes up on the podcast. Okay. Let's okay. do this. And I have to thank my lovely wife, Tracy, for sending me this story. Uh, company. I don't know what kind of company. I don't know where they're based. I don't know anything about this company. Decides to hold a corporate retreat on a yes. southern plantation in Alabama. Oh, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. The end oh, of the... Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. What, Kate, what could go wrong? So much. So much could go wrong here. The end of the retreat planned to have a quote-unquote period-appropriate costume ball. The company, again, I don't know what company this is. And I should say this is based off of a seven-year-old Reddit thread (laughs) that we discovered. And, oh, my. Um, The company, it turns out, this is seven years ago, had one black employee who happened to be a... Reddit user called you slash Bisfitty. I'm just going to call this individual Bisfitty from now on. Okay. Because I'm telling you this story, it must mean that Bisfitty decided to do something awesome because Bisfitty is the hero of our story. Okay. And he did. Good. In the spirit of the event, he came to the retreat dressed as a plantation slave. Before the ball, before all that stuff. Now, the details are a little thin. The main thread of this has been deleted. I found some side threads that get a lot of the information. So I don't have the full (laughs) story here. There are some pictures that you can find online where you can see his outfit. You can see another colleague that I believe was was in on this with him, who is a woman in a in a blue ball gown who was prepared for the for the ball. Uh, but to be kind mm-hmm. of anyway, uh, I believe she was she had done that in in conjunction with him because they're both in the picture together. Hilarity ensues once he makes this oh decision God. and starts dressing like this at the retreat. <gasps> so as he's posting about this, he makes an update currently on the phone with boss and H.R., uh, no wa- joke. Yeah. I was wondering why the call wasn't with my boss. And again, I'm using his language here. So, uh, uh, and the HR chick I deal with all the time. <laughs> I now know why I'm dealing with the head of HR and not the usual chick, lol. Nor- uh-huh. Normal HR chick is the person I expected to hear from. Wasn't her because the, this is an all caps, the damn party was her dumbass idea. <laughs> she okay, has been canned. I have been promoted. Yes. <gasps> with a disproportionate raise. And I like this. He says, and better Benny's crosses out Benny's and writes benefits. Uh, <laughs> but I have been assured that this has nothing to do with anything that happened on the retreat. And just happens to be coinciding with the HR assistant director canning. Uh, So uh remember, kids, correlation does not equal causation. (laughs) This video does deserve hero status here. So Mm -hmm. after the update on the main post, this video did an AMA, which is Reddit talk for an ask me anything. Ask me anything. Where he decides to answer user questions on Reddit. And there's there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments, and he responds to a lot of them. I picked a few of them to read to you. Okay. <laughs> user Airdevil writes, 
While I was laughing my ass off at your posts, how was the general reaction from everyone else in person who saw your hilarious costume Fair. set? This fitty responds, the climate definitely got palpably stiff and awkward for the rest of the retreat. Yes. I was, I was clearly avoided on more than one occasion. Apparently an off-color person with matching humor was a bit much for them, lol. <laughs> oh my God. Captain oh my Shimmy God. responds to that and says, were, were there any of your coworkers at the party that didn't actively avoid you or was the white guilt simply too strong? Bisfitty says, I have a, a few people in the company I would consider close friends. They all thought it was hilarious and were pretty yes. bummed when the party ended up being canceled. And I guess I, I, I should have said that the oh. party was canceled. Uh, they were also, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to get to this in a second. They were also looking forward to me fucking with the Confederate officers in attendance. People dress as Confederate officers. So then, then user, user deleted commented. Many of these accounts, right? I mean, this is seven years ago, so it's yeah. the it's a kind of a mess in terms of okay. the thread. But Confederate officers in attendance? No, tell me this isn't real. How the fuck did anyone think this was a good idea? Bisfitty says, "I have no fucking clue." White privilege, lol. Yeah, yeah. Um, then wow. we have a uh, user Caltos who says, Bisfitty, your responses to the questions are witty and fantastic. Have to say this is the best AMA I have read in a long time, and I must be your friend now. Also, did they offer you anything other than an I'm sorry and so-and-so has been let go? Bisfitty says, uh, I got a promotion, a raise, and better bennies. I also think this golden ticket I also think I hold this golden ticket that means I can do no wrong. Lol. Quote, Bisfitty, your TPS reports are not up to par. Yeah. <laughs> Response. Yeah. Well, remember that time I was expected to be a slave? Slave. <laughs> Firefighter 981 says, I love what you did. Better pay and bennies are great, but continue to work hard and treat people right and even greater things will, uh, will happen. There's no replacement for hard work and anyone can be replaced. Bisfitty says, yeah, totally. Uh, this won't change who I am. I'm a hard worker by nature. I enjoy accomplishing cat tasks and reaching goals. And otherwise, he, I should say in these comments, he says, this job is awesome. I love it. Uh, I okay, work from good. home. Good. Uh, I can smoke up all day and still get my job in. And they don't care. They know and they don't care so long as uh, I get my work done. Uh, okay. User Arthur Riot says, uh, have they offered any explanation for the party theme or acknowledged anything they will do differently to be more aware of their shitty, shitty ideas? Fitty says, well, they can the check check who came up with the theme because she was HR pretty big fuck up on her part. And they apologize no, profusely. Arthur riot responds. Did you know the HR chick before this all went down? Bisfitty says a little bit, not really. Uh, she's a few years younger than me, a bit of a SJW. So social justice warrior that likes to take PC shit too far. How this seemed like a good idea to her, I'll never surely fucking know. Never know. What? It's like Airbnb having the slave quarters, uh, you know, listed. I mean, I love Airbnb, don't get me wrong. I think they handled that correctly once they figured out once what, it was, out what but it was. Yeah. It's, but, oh my gosh. All right, the last this one I'm going to so read bad. for you here is from Foxy Goose. Anything you planned for the party that you missed out on? I would have loved to seen you surprise a Confederate officer. Uh, funniest, most clever thing I've seen on Reddit yet. Well done. And Bisfitty says, that would be it. There was a super old couple, New England transplants from the South, who came with Confederate officer uniforms, and they were really proud of them. They kept talking it up and were probably the most excited out of everyone in attendance about the ball. After my <gasps> reveal, they avoided me like the plague, the black one. And their uniforms were <laughs> their uniforms were never seen. And and we're gonna go out on that note. Yes, never seen. Oh my gosh. That's a great story. I am so sorry he had to have that happen to him, right? Like, I mean he handled it great. Great. Um, and I'm glad they did the right thing by him. However, to be in the situation in the first place is a problem. I'm glad the of assistant HR person was let go.
Right. So now you know why I hesitated when you were like, well, is this a sunshine and rainbows kind of story or not? Right. And, and I mean, the reason they're there, you know, that we're talking about, it, obviously not the way in which mm-hmm. it proceeded and was handled by this individual is nothing less than epic. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my so, God. So here to all the Bisfitties out there. Uh, who give us wonderful responses to the shitty things that their employers do. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. We appreciate you. We would not be here without you, frankly. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, if you have a listener story, you know where to email it, right? To hwepodcast at gmail.com. Please, please do. Uh, It's been four months. And while we get lots of articles and lots of stories, and I want those to keep coming too. Yes, uh, please. And we also welcome questions, uh, concerns, discussion items. Do you want to talk about, uh, I mean, not too much about how dumb we are, but like, you know, if (laughs) if you have any feedback (laughs) and it's not too rude, we'll read it on the, we'll read it on the air for sure. Uh, Yeah. Well, and you know, stump cake questions are always good because Mark likes to sneak those in occasionally. So. Yeah. So send Uh us those, but, but really it's been a while since we've gotten like the really good juicy story. Some of the, some stories we get are just, they're not really easily adapted for, for the format that we have here. But if you've got a story, mm-hmm. about something that happened and, and you can write it up with a beginning, a middle and an end. Uh, and, and even if it's short, uh, you know, we're looking for those kinds of stories. Uh, we know you have them. Obviously there's confidentiality and other concerns uh, that folks yeah. have, but. Please, if you can, uh, send them. We have a, you know, we've kind of moved away from that format because we simply don't get enough of them that, uh, you know, we can use on the make podcast. So that make it worthwhile. Yeah. So, so, but hwepodcast at gmail.com. Kate, how can people who have somehow found this podcast without <laughs> knowing who you are, how can they find you? They can find me at K8BISCH everywhere. Online, uh, website, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. That's where I. That's what I'm known as. And how can we find you, Mister mm, Veggie Tail? Veggie Tails, yes, at Veggie Tail on uh, <laughs> all social. <laughs> no, uh, you can find me uh, at Salad Pants on Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on the Bullard B U L L A R D Law uh, website. Uh, and, uh, you know, both of us, uh, do this for fun, but also, uh, if you want to hire us, we do, <laughs> we do practice law. Uh-huh. We, we do, do have practice mortgages. law. Mm-hmm. We do have mortgages. We do practice law. And, uh, someone told me I need to be more direct about asking for work. And so, oh. uh, you know, just generally not, not in any sort of critical thing, but like, Hey, you know, you have a platform, like you should tell people that you actually can be hired to do work. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why not? I'm, that consultant earned their money that day when they yeah. told you that. Yeah. Yeah. We uh-huh. very yeah, that was a high paying <laughs> uh piece of advice that I got there. So uh anyway, we are glad mm-hmm. to be back. Uh we're gonna work on cadence here uh with with uh four teenagers between the two of us. Mm-hmm. The, the the scheduling and full time jobs. The scheduling can be difficult. I know I'm traveling the next couple of weeks. We'll just we'll 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 see. But we want to get back to at least uh a couple of times a month here, uh, if we can, uh, through, through the school year. Uh, I think it was a good break, a well-deserved break for us, but <laughs> we are really glad to be back and, uh, we'll, we'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Bye folks. Bye everyone. Bye.